As G.K. Chesterton said, a dead thing can go with the stream, but only a living thing can go against it. Here on Swimming Upstream, we go against the cultural stream by championing life, liberty, and the pursuit of holiness. Your host is Eric Sammons, author of seven books, including Holiness for Everyone, The Old Evangelization, and Bitcoin Basics. Now let's get swimming. Hello, and welcome to Swimming Upstream. What I'd like to talk about today is the issue of libertarians and abortion. Specifically, where should libertarians fall on the issue of abortion? A few uh, weeks ago, I did an episode on can a Catholic be a libertarian. I talked about specifically the, what libertarianism is and whether or not a Catholic could be a good libertarian. I didn't talk about an issue, though, that's very important to many Catholics, most Catholics, and that's the issue of abortion. Now, most people who self-identify as libertarians, I think, would call themselves pro-choice. I would guess it's probably 60 to 70 percent of those who say they're libertarian would also say they're pro-choice. However, there are a number of prominent libertarians who are pro-life, who self-identify as pro-life. Oh, and by the way, a quick aside. A few weeks ago, I also did an episode on, I'm not going to call myself pro-life anymore, and I had reasons for that, even though I'm anti-abortion. For this episode, I'm just going to continue to use the label pro-life because I think people understand it and they know what I'm talking about. But anyway, a number of people who are uh, prominent libertarians would say that they're pro-life. Uh, the first and foremost being Ron Paul, the presidential candidate, uh, not, uh, candidate in 2008, 2012. He's probably the most prominent libertarian in the country, and he is ardently pro-life. And as a former OBGYN, he has a lot of credence in his opinion. Also, other uh, prominent pro-life libertarians would be Tom Woods, uh, Judge Napolitano, and I know there's others. In fact, I know for in the election, 2018 election across the nation, there's a number of candidates in, on the Libertarian Party, uh, running under the Libertarian Party, who uh, self-identify as pro-life. And so it's not as monolithic among libertarians to be pro-choice as it would be, for example, among Democrats. Among Democrats, you can't rise anywhere in the party and claim to be pro-life. Or you could be like Bob Casey Jr. in Pennsylvania and claim to be pro-life, but really have almost a 100% voting record, pro-choice voting record with Planned Parenthood. So in the Libertarian Party, I'm sorry, among libertarians in general, there's definitely some, uh, there's a divide here. Some are pro-choice, most are probably pro-choice, but many are pro-life, a very significant minority. Now the Libertarian Party itself is officially in their platform pro-choice. Let me read to you what it says. On their platform it says, recognizing that abortion is a sensitive issue and that people can hold good faith views on all sides, we believe that government should be kept out of the matter, leaving the question for, to each person for their own conscientious consideration. And so what they're basically saying is they're pro-choice because if you leave it up to each person, what you're saying is abortion should be legal for each person to decide whether or not to get it. So the official party platform of the Libertarian Party is definitely would be considered pro-choice. And so the question is, should libertarians be pro-life or should they be pro-choice? I think in order to answer that question, I think what we first have to do is just really answer the question, what is a libertarian? Because I think there's some confusion on that. A common definition given to libertarians is that they are socially liberal and fiscally conservative. And so if they're socially liberal, obviously they're pro-choice. They're, pro, they're for legalized abortion. 
But honestly, that definition of socially liberal and, and fiscally conservative is a dumb one. It's stupid. Because what it does, it tries to fit libertarians in the existing political uh, divide we have of conservatives and liberals, Republicans, Democrats. And I think that's, that's not a good definition of what a libertarian is. I think a libertarian falls outside of that divide, outside of that spectrum. They're a completely different animal, political animal, so to speak. Really, a libertarian is one who holds to the non-aggression principle, which basically states that one cannot use force, cannot initiate force against another person or against their property. And so one can't decide that you want to get something from somebody, like steal something from somebody, and so you take it from them. That's initiating a force upon them. Or obviously you can't assault them. You can't take their property. And so that would be the non-aggression principle. And libertarians would hold that that applies also to the government. That the government can't initiate force against others. Now one can use self-defense. One can defend themselves against force against them or their property if need be. This is important when we're talking about the issue of abortion, understanding this non-aggression principle. So make sure you're clear on that, that basically a libertarian in essence means that he or she believes that we can't initiate force against another person or against their property. And so if that's the case, what would be the libertarian position, so to speak, on abortion? Now, over the years, a number of libertarians have debated this issue and discussed it. And some of those prominent libertarians in the past have come down on the side of abortion should be legal. Probably the most, uh, the greatest libertarian thinker of the 20th century is Murray Rothbard. And he wrote a book called uh, can, uh, by, For a New Liberty, sorry I couldn't remember the title there for a second, in which he discusses many libertarian issues. It's a great book, I recommend highly. I recently finished reading it again, and I just was struck by how good so many of his arguments are in the book for liberty, for the libertarian position. But on the issue of abortion, he comes down decidedly that abortion should be legal. I'm going to read some of the what's in the book to you here, because I think it's important because Murray Rothbard probably has the, the most cogent argument for legalized abortion in the libertarian movement. Now, I want to mention that he starts off by saying... For the libertarian, the quote-unquote Catholic case of abortion, I think it's funny, he's writing this around the time of Roe v. Wade coming out in the 1970s, and he calls it the Catholic position on abortion. It just shows how the Catholics have always been the ones who have uh, promoted the idea of the sanctity of human life, even in the womb. But he says, the Catholic case against abortion, even if finally rejected as invalid, cannot be dismissed out of hand. For the essence of that case, not really Catholic at all in a theological sense, he makes a good point here that the Catholic case for abortion isn't actually Catholic, specifically Catholic. Is that abortion destroys a human life and is therefore murder, and hence cannot be condoned. More than that, if abortion is truly murder, then the Catholic or any other person who shares their, this view cannot just shrug his shoulders and say that Catholic views should not be imposed upon non-Catholics. Murder is not an expression of religious preference. No sect in the name of freedom of religion can or should get away with committing murder with the plea that its religion so commands. The vital question then becomes, should abortion be considered murder? So let's give Murray Rothbard credit. He acknowledges that if abortion is murder, then obviously it can't just be dismissed as a religious objection. That it would be a human rights objection then, because obviously all people all good people should reject murder. And the libertarian position obviously is against murder because it's against any force against a person. 
So he says, much discussion of the issue bogs down in minutiae about when human life begins, when or if the fetus can be considered to be alive, etc. He says, Rothbard says, all this is really irrelevant to the issue of the legality, again, not necessarily the morality of abortion. And here, let's take an aside again. For the libertarian, there's a big difference, and actually this is true of everybody, they just don't realize it, between legality and morality. A libertarian might say something is legal, but they would, might very much think it's not moral. They could, for example, think marijuana should be, the, the smoking marijuana should be legal, but they actually personally think it's immoral to do so. That's a completely consistent position for a libertarian because what they're talking about is the difference between what a government should allow and what a person personally believes or their religion believes is right or wrong. The Catholic anti-abortionist, Rothbard continues, declares that all that he wants for the fetus is the rights of any human being, the right not to be murdered. But there's more involved here and this is a crucial consideration. If we are to treat the fetus as having the same rights as humans, then let us ask, what human has the right to remain unbidden as an unwanted parasite within some other human's body? This is the nub of the issue. The absolute right of every person, hence every woman, to the ownership of her body. What the mother is doing in an abortion is causing an unwanted entity within her body to be ejected from it. If the fetus dies, this does not rebut the point that no being has a right to live unbidden as a parasite within or upon some person's body. And so the crux of Rothbard's argument is that even if the fetus, the unborn baby, is a human being, it doesn't have a right to invade the, a woman's body. And so, it doesn't, so the woman has a right to evict it, essentially. It's called evictionism. Another prominent libertarian, Walter Block, holds this position. There's some nuances between Block's position and Rothbard's position, but essentially what it's saying is, is that the baby is trespassing. And people have a right to evict somebody. If, for example, somebody came into your house without your permission, you have a right to evict them. You have a right even to use force to evict them under the libertarian position. And that makes sense because obviously they're breaking the non-aggression principle and you have a right to self-defense. And so you have a right to evict them from your dwelling. And so for libertarians like Rothbard or like Bloch, they're saying a woman has a right to evict the baby from her womb. She has control over the property of her body, so to speak, and so therefore she can evict that baby from her womb. Now, really when it comes down to it, what Rothbard dismisses as a side issue is actually the crucial issue. Is the fetus, is the unborn child, a human person? For if it is, it completely changes the equation here than what we're talking about. If it's a human person, then yes, it has certain rights, rights that are at least close to, if not equivalent to the rights of the woman. And so scientifically, I think the answer is very clear that the human, that the uh, unborn child is obviously a human person. It can't be anything else. It doesn't ever, no fetus ever ends up growing into a rock. No fetus ever ends up becoming a dog or a tree. If you see a dog that's pregnant with a, with a fetus inside of the dog, you know that that's a dog inside of the, of the, of the mother, the dog mother. It's not going to all of a sudden turn into a person one day, a human person. It's a dog. Likewise, the human baby inside the womb, the fetus, will become an adult human being if nothing prevents it from doing so. It won't become anything else. Now, you could argue it's a potential human being, so therefore isn't the same as a human being. But I would say that, really, if something is potentially a human being, you treat it just like a human being. If I went out hunting tomorrow, 
and I was out in the woods hunting for deer, let's say. Of course, it's not hunting season. I don't have, it's not the one week of hunting season that we have in Ohio, so obviously I can't be going out or else our government or overlords won't let me. But let's say I'm out hunting and I see something that I'm about 98% sure is a deer. But 2% of me says it could be a person. It could be a, another, another hunter. Do I shoot? It's potentially 2%, potentially a human person. So does it not have the rights? Do I not shoot? No, of course I don't shoot. Because obviously I could be killing a person. I have a chance to be killing a person. So even if you believe that the, that the fetus, we're not quite sure what it is, or it's only potentially a human person, even though science makes it very clear that it's exactly like a human person, just not yet completely developed into an adult human being, then you obviously don't kill it. Then obviously, I should say more accurately, it has all the rights of a human person. And that means the right not to have force applied to it. It has the right for the non-aggression principle to apply to it. That you can't initiate force against it. Now, what about the idea though that it's trespassing? And you have the right to evict it, which is basically what Rothbard and Block are saying. There's a real problem with that, because it's not just that you're evicting the child, you're killing the child. If it was just a matter of you could take the fetus out of the womb and you could have it live elsewhere, well, that would be a different question altogether, a different moral question. But that's not what's happening. In an abortion, you are always killing the child. You're not just simply removing it from the womb, you're killing it. In fact, in every abortion method used, you kill the child before you eject it, so to speak, before you remove it from the womb. In fact, the most gruesome type of abortion, the DNC method, you actually take most of the body out, feet first, and then you stick scissors into the back of the neck to kill the child, then you bring it out completely. The point is, is that the child is killed before it is brought out of the womb. So in an abortion, it's not an eviction, it's a, it's a murder of a human being. And that's why, essentially, a libertarian should be against abortion, legalized abortion, because of the fact that just like murder, it's a killing of an innocent human being. Now, let me give an analogy. Let's say a 10-year-old uh, a, a stowed away onto an airplane. They, they didn't have a ticket, they weren't allowed on, they stowed away. Well, the airline has the right to evict that child from the airplane. There's no question it has the right because it's their private property. But does it have the right to throw the child off of the plane while it's in midair and let it plunge to its death, knowing for sure that the child will die, the 10-year-old boy will die? All of us would say that's ludicrous. Of course it can't. It would need to wait until it landed. Maybe it would land before its final destination, get the child, evict the child off of the plane, and then continue on its trip. But it couldn't just throw the child off of the um, plane because it doesn't want it to be there because it would be killing the child and that would be wrong. Because it's using a force that is much greater than what the, what's happening against them. So it's basically using a force greater than the force against it. The force against it was somebody uh, trespassing on, on its property, the airline's property. But the force it's using against it is actually killing that human being. So there's no proportion there that needs to be there. And so another thing that, that um, Rothbard mentions is like somehow this child has uh, trespassed upon the, the woman. Now in the vast majority of cases of abortion, there's no rape involved. We're talking about the case of a woman willingly engaging in sexual relations in which a pregnancy results. She might not want the pregnancy to result. 
She might be very upset that the pregnancy resulted, but she still took a free choice decision to engage in sexual relations that could result in pregnancy. And so you can't really say that the child is somehow some trespasser without the consent of the woman. The woman has consented to the child being in the womb. So not only should you not eject the baby, i.e. kill it, because it's, it's trespassing on the body of the mother, the mother has literally invited the child into her womb by having sexual relations, by having voluntary sexual relations. I'll talk about the issue of rape in a minute. So by basically be like saying a person invites somebody into their home, has them live there for a few months, but then decides, I don't want you here anymore, I'm going to kill you in order to get rid of you. That's ludicrous. And it's the same thing in the case of uh, a woman deciding to have an abortion in which she willing, willingly consented to sexual relations and that conceived that child. So again, we see a violation of the non-aggression principle, that they're using force against somebody who has been invited into their property, so to speak, their body. Now, what about the case of abortion? I mean, I'm sorry, the case of rape. Now, first of all, I just want to make it very clear. The percentages have always shown that the number of, the percentage of abortions that are done because of rape is infinitesimally small, probably around 1% at most. And so when we talk about abortion, most pro-lifers like myself, if you said we made all abortion illegal, we applied the non-aggression principle on unborn child, except for in cases of rape, most of us re would rejoice because that means so many of abortions would not happen. So many abortions would be made illegal. But let's talk about the hard case of rape. In that case, Obviously, first of all, the woman uh, being attacked in the rape has the right to defend herself with any means possible. But I'm talking about before a pregnancy would happen, before the, during the rape, using a gun, using any means possible to stop the attacker. Because her life is in danger, really, in a rape situation. Often she has no idea whether or not her life is in danger for sure. So she can use any means necessary to stop that rape. But let's say, for example, that she is raped and she does become pregnant. So many libertarians would say that now we have a situation in which the woman has been aggressed upon, so she has a right to uh, take matters into her own hand to eject, to kill the, the unborn child, the fetus, inside her womb because she has been aggressed upon. It's true, she has been aggressed upon. However, who is the aggressor? The aggressor is the rapist, not the child. The child is a third individual human person that is not part of the aggression, he or she had no part in the aggression. She didn't, he or she did not choose to aggress upon the mother. She is an unwilling third party, so to speak, in the aggression. It'd be like, for example, if somebody, a, 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 some demented person decided to rob your house and brought his child, his five-year-old child with him. So he robs your house, he breaks in the house, he leaves his child, though, in, in, in his uh, panic and he, and, he, and he goes away, he takes some stuff, he goes away, but he leaves the child there. Would you in that situation be justified in killing that child? Of course not. And again, remember, abortion is not simply an eviction of a child, it's the killing of a child. If we were talking about the ability to remove a child from the womb and the child remains alive, that's a completely different moral question. But we're talking about abortion and the definition of abortion is that it kills the child, then removes it from the womb. And so in this case where this idiot uh, thief brings his five-year-old kid, leaves his five-year-old kid there, is the child the actual aggressor? Well, no, because he didn't have the free will to choose to go. He just did what his dad told him to do. 
And so can you, you can, you do have the right, of course, to remove the child from your property at some point, but you don't have a child, you don't have the right to just kill the child because it's, it's done that. Now, if you were to catch the a thief who was by himself and you were felt in danger of life and you shot the person, the thief and he died, because you felt like you might you might be harmed, you might be killed yourself by a thief, that could be morally justified. But you can't get, kill that child who's left behind. And that's essentially what's happening in the case of rape. The rapist is aggressing upon the mother and is leaving behind, so to speak, what ends up becoming a human person. And so the mother does not have, even in that situation, the right to uh, kill the child, to commit abortion. Like I said, if there's a way that she could remove the child, and the child would still live, then that'd be a different moral question. So as you can tell, obviously, I stand very firmly on the side against legalized abortion. Even as a libertarian, I believe that a abortion should be illegal. I, I shouldn't say even as a libertarian. As a libertarian, I believe that abortion should be illegal. Because in fact, what it does is it violates the non-aggression principle, the most fundamental principle of libertarianism in that it initiates force against somebody, initiates force against an innocent person who has done nothing wrong, and that is the unborn child, the fetus, if you will. It has done nothing wrong, and so therefore we cannot initiate force against that. And so I would claim that all libertarians, to be consistent, should be against legalized abortion, just as much as they're against murder, just as much as they're against theft or fraud or anything that would violate the non-aggression principle. Okay, well that's it for today's episode. Until next time, keep swimming against the stream. <laughs>